Welcome to 9 to 5 Mac Daily for Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Chance Miller. Leading off today, we have a new round of software updates from Apple for iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple TV, HomePod, and Apple Watch. Leading the way here is iOS 16.3.1, which is now available for iPhone users with a few different bug fixes and improvements. Apple says that iOS 16.3.1 addresses an issue where iCloud settings might be unresponsive or incorrectly displayed if apps are using iCloud. There's also a fix for an issue where Siri requests for the Find My application may not work. And perhaps most notably, Apple has more optimizations for crash detection on the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Pro. These optimizations to crash detection come in response to complaints from 911 call centers and first responders who say they are being strained by the number of false positives, meaning instances where crash detection is triggered and emergency services are called even though the iPhone user hasn't actually been in a car accident. Apple has been collecting feedback from call centers impacted by crash detection false positives, so the company hopes that iOS 16.3.1 will solve or at least dramatically help the problem. iOS 16.3.1 also includes a number of different security fixes, as do Apple's other updates for the Mac, the iPad, the Apple Watch, and the Apple TV and HomePod. HomePod software 16.3.2, in particular, addresses a pesky bug introduced with iOS 16.3, that made controlling a HomeKit smart home even more frustrating than usual. The issue was that the first time you requested for the HomePod to complete a smart home task, it would fail to do so. Siri, for example, would stall with things like on it, working on that, and other similar error messages before timing out and failing altogether. The workaround was to simply ask the same request again, and it would immediately succeed the second time around. Thankfully, Apple says this bug has been fixed in the just-released HomePod OS 16.3.2 update, which is available for HomePod, HomePod Mini, and the HomePod second generation. In other news today, Apple's highly anticipated big-screen MacBook Air is nearing a launch. Supply chain analyst Ross Young reports that the 15.5-inch MacBook Air has started display panel production this month, suggesting that it'll be released sometime at the beginning of April. Ross Young, Bloomberg, and Ming-Chi Kuo have all reported on the possibility of a 15-inch MacBook Air, and Young's latest report confirms that the machine is still on the way and is still expected to launch in the spring of 2023. We haven't heard too many other details about the 15-inch MacBook Air at this point, but you'd assume that it'd basically be a carbon copy of the 13-inch MacBook Air, but with a bigger screen. Interestingly, Ming-Chi Kuo has said that this 15-inch MacBook Air won't actually be branded as a MacBook Air, but rather just MacBook. He also says that this MacBook will be available in configurations with the M2 and the M2 Pro processors inside. The 13-inch MacBook Air is only available with an M2. So if production of this new MacBook Air keeps moving ahead as planned, we won't have to wait too much longer before this highly anticipated device is available.
Rounding out today, a new report from CounterPoint Research offers a look at how much it costs Apple to make the iPhone 14 Pro Max. According to the data, the so-called blended bill of materials cost for the iPhone 14 Pro Max with 128 gigabytes of storage comes in at $464, which is a slight increase compared to last year's 13 Pro Max. It's an increase of about 3.5%, and the primary reason for this increase is the new 48-megapixel rear camera and the new always-on display. But while those components are more expensive, prices for other components have also gone down this year, in particular the 5G modem and other cellular components that Apple uses, have dropped 13% compared to last year. The report also says that the A16 Bionic inside the iPhone 14 Pro costs around $11 more per unit than the A15. With this in mind, the overall processing category, which includes that chip and other processing components, now accounts for 20% of the total materials cost. But as always, it's important to keep in mind the bigger picture when looking at cost numbers like these. Apple works closely with its suppliers and oftentimes finalizes component costs well ahead of time, and these numbers also only cover materials and don't cover other production costs like assembly, packaging, or distribution. And Apple also, of course, spent huge amounts of money on research and development, sales, and marketing. That wraps up another episode of 9to5Mac Daily. As always, you can find all of the latest Apple news on 9to5Mac.com. Follow along with me on Mastodon at Chance H. Miller at Mastodon.social or on Twitter at Chance H. Miller. And we'll be back tomorrow for a new episode of 9to5Mac Daily.